0: Welcome to the Radical Global Marketing Podcast. In each episode, we go deep with the world's leading international marketers and discuss the ideas and processes
1: that make their global marketing strategies a success. Let's get radical. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Radical Global Marketing Podcast. My name's Stephen, one of the regular co-hosts, and today I'm joined with another th- fabulous guest. I am thrilled to have Sylvia Cedetti with me today. Sylvia is Managing Director of Stratitude. Now, she leads her award-winning team from their South Africa headquarters with an infectious passion and enthusiasm that I've had the pleasure of witnessing firsthand, as Sylvia is also a member of the EMEA board for AMIN an international network of independent agencies that supports partnership and collaboration and something I'm very proud to be part of as part of my day job. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Stratitude is a strategic integrated agency that is focused on enabling organisations to build rewarding relationships with their target audiences. And again, Sylvia can talk about that much better than I can, and we'll do so in just a minute. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. As ever, the Radical Global Marketing Podcast is produced in association with Brandigo China. Brandigo's team of local and international marketing talent has been helping multinational brands achieve marketing success in China for almost two decades. This is founded on their unique, radically relevant China marketing methodology built on insight, creativity and flawless execution across multiple China marketing channels. To find out more about Brandigo China and how they can help your brand meet your China business objectives, visit brandigochina.com or contact the team via email or social media and all All the links will be in the show notes. Sylvia, good morning. How are you today?
0: Morning, Stephen. I'm very
1: well. How are you? Great, thank you. It looks nice and sunny where you are.
0: It is a fabulous day in Johannesburg. We are counting down the days to our December. We're all going on our December holidays. So yeah, a great day in Joburg.
1: Great. Well, I'm glad to catch you before you guys take off for a little while. Um, What I'd like to do just to kick things off is just start With a little bit of a focus on your personal journey as a marketing professional, a little bit about your career background and, and bring us up to where you are today. Would you mind taking us through that story?
0: Sure, I, I graduated somewhere in the '90s with a degree in communications. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and, and um, I think after after a short stints, I worked at our at our national broadcaster, the South African Broadcast Corporation, for two years, which was quite a nice way after varsity just to get into media. And initially, I thought I wanted to be a journalist. And I think after working there for two years, I realised I don't want to be a journalist. I want to go more into to the marketing communication side. And then I had a I had a very short time in corporate. and I think that I've I made it past my probation period and just realized that this is the most boring thing I could do is focusing on uh-huh. marketing one business or one product and from there my career kind of took me into into working in agencies and i've had the privilege of working in some amazing agencies from public relations to to full service groups to kind of just just across the board and i just love agency working in agencies and i love the the variety the 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 deadlines, the pace we're working at, working mm. with different clients and all of those. And then I got the opportunity to to start Stratitudes and we celebrated our 13th birthday this year. So Stratitude is now a teenager. Thank you. Started Stratitude and and I think one of the one of the big things they often say that someone when you when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of start something because there's something that really frustrates you in the market. And you it's not that you just see a gap, you see something that, that that you feel you can fix, and mm-hmm. one of the things I saw when I when I started Stratitude is that when you work in in integrated groups where there's a PR agency and a below the line agency and an advertising agency and a digital agency, is that when a client comes in, everyone starts fighting for the budget and must it go to PR, must go to advertising, and the it's not really working in the interest of the client. So Stratitude sure. really is a integrated full service agency. We are medium sized, but I think that we really, we really have addressed that issue. So we we own the client's marketing, we understand the brand, we're the brand guardians, but we really offer across the board and we we look at what clients really need and we we offer that to them. And hence our 13th birthday this year so something we're doing must be working in the market
1: <laughs> absolutely that's awesome mm. okay well we'll get into the, the the individual we'll get into the work of strategies in just a second yeah. what were some of the brands that you were cutting your teeth on then? when you were cutting when you were coming up were you did you have a b2b focused b2c a mixture of everything
0: yeah um are you talking my previous my previous experience yeah. or within strategy I think previous experience I've, I've had the the privilege of working across the board. So it was across all industries where I've worked on, on parastatals or government-owned businesses. I worked on banking, quite a few big banking clients, um, electricity provider. Airlines across the board. So what was really nice is that it it honed my skills in terms of marketing, and I didn't have to focus on one specific industry and really understand marketing and working across different industries. Which really exposed me to to a lot of different clients, a lot of industries, and ma- and really made me think quite creatively because if you're thinking in silos and there's what's the saying is that if the only tool you've got is is a is a hammer, every problem will look like a nail where it really exposed me to all those to all those different industries and it gave me an opportunity to really be creative and to grow as a as a person and where we are today with Stratitude.
1: Fantastic you you mentioned that sort of short period corporate client side so I had a little spell as well I kind of did the opposite I did sort of 10 years agency three years corporate and then back to agency again and I found it I came similar to you it was an exciting business I was working on but it ended up what we built was running itself there must have been some really useful takeaways for you as well perhaps it wasn't particularly inspiring but having that experience client side must have been useful in other aspects.
0: Yeah, I did well. One of the one of the big things I realised is that when you are the marketing expert was in a was in a corporate, your bosses don't really listen to you because they like more listening to the consultants that you're bringing in from from outside. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that is really a challenge. And when I'm when I am working now with our clients, even in our corporate clients, I really do understand that they they have to back to a bigger management team or to a board and we really work in arming them or or giving them all the the reporting tools and everything so that they can also showcase what they're doing from a from a marketing side and and how marketing is moving the dial with within the business so that was one of the things and I think that it's also understanding that you from a client's perspective and and having worked in corporate you also understand that we we sometimes as agencies we get we get impatient because why why is and approvals working so fastly, or why don't you come back to me quicker, or why don't you, and then you realise, well, in a corporate, they actually have quite a hierarchy, and they they have quite a process to go through, so it's not something that you can just look at, and one person signs it off, so it it, it definitely made me sensitive to to clients and what their dynamics and their environments look like and help me to understand it. But um, I'm out and out an agency person, so I I don't think I'll ever go back into corporate.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. Now, what are the things, what are the reasons I was really pleased to have you come on the show and you're the first of our, our Ammon friends to come on the show as well. So I was I was super excited because well it I, obviously knowing you I knew you'd be great value to have on, but also we've not really had anybody feature on the show that works within your region, which I think is particularly fascinating for our global listeners as well. So just yeah. from a kind of from a broad point of view, I'm interested in what some of the big challenges are that come from working based within your region and what some of the opportunities are as well.
0: Sure. so so I I mean you know that i I serve on the emea board and that's a that's a region within within amen and it's a it's a difficult for me one to to talk about the emea region because emea is Europe Middle East and Africa and I'm even finding working with my with my fellow board members across EMEA is that we do things very differently. And Mm -hmm. I think from a from a Europe perspective versus an African perspective, there are vast differences. But then even even I think trying to talk about Africa as a as a continent with all our countries and everything within it, it's almost an impossible thing because I think that that often in my, my my colleagues in Europe will look at it and say, oh, but Sylvia, don't you have contacts in Botswana? or don't you have someone in Nigeria that you can contact? I mean, it's it's such a vast continent that we... And so many cultures, so many religions, different politics, different markets, the way you do business is different. I mean, we're working, we're working um on pitching at the moment on a on a banking client in in Namibia. And Namibia is literally across the border from South Africa. But legislation is completely different. Um, sure. the market is completely different. So we we take time and when we're doing campaigns into Africa, so we we have been very privileged where we have been running some campaigns into Africa and running them into the, the SADC region and doing quite a few digital campaigns. We have a client in Mauritius. We really take time to understand the dynamics of the market there. And we never assume that we that we know everything. Because even in South Africa, I mean, we have nine provinces. We have 11 official languages. We have different markets. We have the haves and the have-nots. And so you could never assume that you know that you know everything about a market. And there are different dynamics that you really have to understand before you put a stake on the ground and say, OK, well, we understand this. We're putting a campaign strategy, a campaign idea, and, we, and we're and starting to run a campaign. So I think that one of the things that I can say about the region and just even doing marketing in Africa is take time to understand the market because the dynamics are different. and from a global perspective don't assume because you're running a campaign in South Africa you can copy and paste that for something in in a different African country because it's it what might work in one might not work at all in another so take some time and maybe work with the locals talk to the local the local market talk to local experts in those countries as well and really try and understand it before you before you go in and waste a lot of time effort and money trying to run campaigns and and launch new products or or ventures into those into those countries
1: so what are the mm, sorry go ahead
0: no 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 so i'm I'm just saying that yeah so economies the logistics around us, diversity across the country i mean it's it's really vast so it's a challenging one but a nice a nice challenge to have
1: (laughs) yeah for sure it's fascinating one of the things that so obviously we're based in it might again go back to my day job we're based in china and yeah we have similar sort of conversations, but also there's a conversation around channels because the channels are so unique here and work so differently compared to the rest of the world. Would that be a fair assumption to make that it works the same in, so it works the same for you as well?
0: Yeah, definitely. So what works, you could just assume that LinkedIn maybe works in South Africa. So that is something that might work in a different in a different country where they have different channels. Or we're talking to our Danish agency at the moment to launch a new initiative into Kenya. And from a Danish side, they're saying, Well, they believe thought leadership is quite a big thing to drive in when you're launching this product. And we're saying, well, we think that there's a lot of education that needs to be done because if you educate people and they understand how something works, then they start picking up things. And then from a channel perspective, there are a lot of, I mean, in South Africa, we call them stockfels, So it's kind of community groups and you have women's groups and you have all those kind of things and and organizations. And often instead of going with traditional media, you can just go with them and you can kind of empower them. So when they're having their meeting they're educating the groups and they're educating and it's a, a train the trainer kind of principle that you're working on. So maybe go more a, on an informal basis instead of just looking at it and saying, well, traditional media and digital is the way to go. When some markets and especially rural areas, you really have to look at the informal infrastructures and, and getting into those markets in a different way. So you, know, you have to be creative about those channels.
1: Um, That's fascinating. Just,
0: yeah, just a good point. we, And it's something that you made on that as well. So it's not just the channels. I think that the messaging is also quite an interesting one. So we did a quite a big strategic project for an, a large international automotive client last year where they briefed us to develop their employer value proposition strategy for their business across Africa. And we identified four countries, so they, they really are across Africa, but we identified four countries to pilot it with. So we worked with Morocco, Egypt, um, Nigeria and South Africa. And as I mentioned earlier, there's quite a lot of research and we created some employee personas. We did research in the markets of what is important to professionals when they are being interviewed by by companies and they're spoiled for choice and they can say, well, I can either accept it, the one w- versus the other. And It was very interesting. While you might have one employer value proposition that you're launching across the continent, you might weigh your messaging up and down a little bit based on what the needs and the personas of your markets in those countries. So that research really unearthed that for us. And and then we could tailor our campaigns for those different countries. So the war for talent campaign and how we manage it, but it's really the research that came out of it. And then we also looked at the different channels that people are using in those countries.
1: You anticipated my next question because I was going to ask about the messaging <laughs> as well, because, again, we we tend to find we tend to find that we would have positionings, for example, or a messaging house from a large global brand. And they know what makes the brand really strong in the first place, whereas the local team know what is going to resonate with the local audience. So You have to find that kind of balance. Yeah. And that's sort of a job that we do on a daily basis. And this sounds like it's a very similar experience for you yeah. guys as well.
0: Yeah, I think just on this on this project specifically that I refer to, I mean, we were able with our research, we could identify the pain points, the motivators, the challenges of those qualified people in those different countries. And the messaging really had to be tailored. I mean, I can use an example where when we looked at professionals in Nigeria, so it was it's really your high level kind of employees they were after and that they were trying to recruit. So professionals in Nigeria will look at a company for employment and they would rate, for example, or look at it and say, is this an international company that gives me maybe an opportunity to work Abroad. So that is quite a big thing in Nigeria. So then we said, well, from a messaging perspective, rather highlight that your business is international, you are German owned, you've got offices around the world, you've got an intranet site where you're advertising vacancies and you encourage inter company movement for employees. Where in in South Africa, one of the things that a lot of professionals looked at was in terms of professional growth and leadership opportunities. So there again, you have different testimonials and messaging and everything that you bring out. So and we wouldn't we wouldn't know this without getting all those insights and doing the research and doing creating those personas. But messaging and, and the word you said is resonate where I think that corporates sometimes think, well, I have a one for all because it might work across Europe or it might work here. Let's just do it across Africa because Africa is just one continent. But each country have different nuances and and kind of messaging that you have to tailor to
1: your markets. Yeah, of course, different values of amongst the different target audiences. That's, That's fascinating. We could yeah. do a whole episode just on talking about that. Well, maybe we will in the future, but just to kind of continue down talking about your personal journey before we move on to Stratitude as a whole, as an organization mm-hmm. um, I'd love to know just a little bit about what have been some of the biggest influences on your career today. So obviously one big influence was that small, short spell in corporate. It might not have been for the kind of some of the typical reasons, but it's definitely influenced the direction that you took your career. Anything else? It could be a person. It could be an event.
0: Sure. I think that the influences I've had was just working in different environments and being exposed to so many they're amazing people, or or you know, I mean, you've you've also been in your career for a while, so you've also had the terrible bosses, and the and then you look at them and you watch and you you learn and you grow from it. So it all helps you to ultimately get to a point where, when you have the opportunity or the privilege to start your own business, you say, well culture was neglected in that business and there was no culture. And then there was a lot of water cooler talk and a lot of the kind of the people faking going out for a smoke, but they're just gossiping about the business and what they're unhappy about <laughs> and those kind of things. So so I think that having been exposed and and I've just had the privilege of being exposed to so many kind of people and, and clients and businesses that you're always kind of watching them and saying, okay, well, if I could do this, this is how I would do it differently. And then learning from that. I think that um yeah, my staff influenced my career as well. So I've had amazing people that I've had the privilege of working with and I'm always heartbroken when they move on and then understanding Aww. well it's part of their career path. And I've literally cried tears when I've had people resigning or moving on or, or making making different decisions from a career perspective. But I think it's also learning learning from people and that sometimes as as leaders we don't often stay quiet enough to listen to to what other people say because we're so headstrong and we're going in a direction and we're doing something but then you learn something and you go oh never thought of it that way and and Mm. that's interesting and then i think that a a big influence that i have had is being part of of the global network of of worldwide where when we joined i think stratitude has been a member since 2017 Okay. and I've been able to get such amazing value out of it because it just exposes me to what's happening around the world. So as an independent agency, uh, t- I looked at the the business a couple of years ago and just said, you know what, we, we're Johannesburg based and yes, we get exposed. We're doing, we're doing and running campaigns across South Africa. We're running campaigns in Mauritius. We're running campaigns into Africa. I think we even had a UK client that we worked with and those were amazing, but you sometimes think, well, I'm kind of of losing track with what's best practice or how are agencies moving on what are they thinking what are their pain points how are they dealing with things at the time i tried joining um eo the entrepreneurs organization and it it just didn't give me because it's it's people from vast different businesses and it didn't quite give me the questions i had from running an agency and a marketing agency. And then I I researched and I found Amen and I've I've just been kind of a member and, and now I'm on the board, which is a really nice privilege. But I think that it it just exposes me where if I have a question, I can reach out to the network. And having been to the conferences and And Stephen, meeting people like you, it's a quick email or no, but it's a true story. It's a it's a quick email. It's a video call. It's saying, you know what, how do you deal with traffic management here or here we have a pitch and I'm thinking to do it like this. How would you approach it or financial models? I mean, we have our agency Slingshot in Dallas and I always use them because Karen also runs the finances for for the network. But reaching out to her and saying, Karen, what are the models that you're using in your agency to track? time to work out your costings your hours your resources everything and it's been incredibly valuable so I think it's difficult for me to single out one person in my career I think that I've just always had my eyes and my ears open and seeing what's working what's not working and and being thankful for even the bad experiences because those also teach you something about yourself and it teaches you something you know you, you take great experience out of it and you learn from it. So. I think there's my big saying is that never say never, never say always. So there's always there's always something new around a corner and never say that this is the way I do it. And and life is black and white because there's a lot of colour around you and you can learn from everyone, I suppose. (laughs) So no specific influences, but a lot of things (laughs) coming together.
1: (laughs) I think you've just given me the episode title for this one as well with never say never never say always i love that never i'm say stealing never. that for the i'm stealing that to headline the episode <laughs> <laughs> I
0: so love it.
1: now if we can i'd like to focus just a little bit more on stratitude um Thanks. i'd like to find out just a little bit about let's let's start with you touched on it earlier but let's start a little bit with the the inspiration between uh, founding the business i'd love to hear yep. a little bit more detail about the type of businesses that you're working with and. I'd also like to hear about what managing director as your role means within the business, too, on a day to day. Let's start with the inspiration for for founding the business. So 13 years ago, what was the plan?
0: 13 years ago, I um I had an opportunity and I so pretty much like what you did where you said you worked in agency, then you went into corporate and then you went back into into agencies. The the last agency group that I worked with, I think I just got to a point where I was exhausted, overworked, overstressed. And I was like, you know what? I think my I need to go back into corporate and I need to sit back and I need to have like the the cushy corporate job. And the group company that Stratitude belongs to. Is PLP Group. So they are they are experts in employer and or employee benefits and customer benefit programs. So they, they kind of loyalty programs, but it's a and then they have this amazing app called Hey Jude, which is a, a human powered app where you can kind of ask anything 24 seven, but there's real people behind it. And I came for an interview with the business and they were looking for a head of commercial, which was a very strange title for me. But I came for an interview. They liked me. I liked them. And I really liked what they offered. And within the business, they had this tiny little, I wouldn't even say a marketing team. It was two designers, a copywriter and a traffic manager. And I said, well, I'll take this team because they're doing the the marketing and then I'll work on the bigger business. And I think about a year into the business, I just looked at it and I said, you know what? I think that this little marketing team has, there's a little gold nugget here where I think that I can start within the group and agency. I can go out. They had an amazing client list of of all the top employers in South Africa. I said, I think I can build an agency here. And I said, Well, I spoke to the directors and I said, either I'm starting this business on my own or I can start it within your group, but I think I want to go back to agency. I'm missing the the kind of the pace of agency. And they partnered with me and we and we started building and it so I started building Stratitude and I had a, a desk and a corridor and I had these couple of people that I inherited. And from there I, I launched Stratitude and the business, the business just kind of grew. So Initially, I thought, well, I'm launching a bit of a PR with a little bit of digital and and kind of direct marketing. And the business just grew as clients liked what we're doing and said, well, can you do our advertising? Can you do our staff marketing? Can you build our website? Can you build our intranet site? And then it grew really into this full service little agency and Mm -hmm. always been medium sized. I think the most staff I've ever had was 20 people. And then I'll I'll bring in freelancers or contractors when needed. But we kind of started finding our, our niche in being medium-sized and and working with clients often who don't have an entire marketing department. So it's not the large corporates, but it's also – Owner managed is always a, a bit of a challenge for us, but we've kind of found this middle ground, and we've done amazing stuff in this in this area. We we now full service, so we'd go from from strategy at the core of what we do. We do advertising, PR, internal comms, direct, digital. I have a dev team building websites and everything. And I think some of the proudest moments for me is that we've entered industry awards. In those different disciplines that we offer, because there's always the the threat of being seen as a jack of all trades, but a master Mm -hmm. of none. And we've won awards in every single service that we offer. So, best website, best intranet, loyalty marketing, integrated marketing, public relations packaging design so we've really said I think that we're kind of getting it right and we, and we've had clients who have been with us for nearly the 13 years that we've been in existence so I think it's offering value and and measuring everything that we do so so yeah so that's that that's kind of strategy and, and just kind of getting it right. How big's the team now? We are recruiting some interns because we we have a nice intern program. So we have 18 full-time staff. And then in the new year, we'll have two new interns joining us. So
1: we'll be back to 20. Fantastic. And tell me a little bit about your role then now, because I don't know, you strike me as a very hands-on person. So you were involved with clients on a day-to-day basis. Are you doing the strategic side? How do you split your time between client work and actually working on the business itself?
0: Sure, I think I work for everyone. So the client and being (laughs) a client (laughs) being a client service person, I've I've just always loved client service. So looking at and, and working with the the, the clients and on our key accounts and having that client relationship. My title used to always be managing director, but I kind of wrote the strategies as well. So I've never had, maybe it's not just a capacity thing, but we've never really had a full time strategist on the team because it's a role that I took. And then I kind of, and I, I saw it from one of my Eamon colleagues where he was the, I think he was the principal or the president and chief strategist. And then I realized, but I am am the, the lead strategist. So my, my title has changed a little bit. So I'm managing director and lead strategist for Stratitude and work with clients from when we pitching and winning new business and then going through the onboarding developing the strategy and then kind of working with the team on the execution of it as well so splitting my time out I can't tell you Stephen I don't I don't really keep office hours so I kind of and I'm I'm not precious about it I mean you'll know when you're running your own business you can open your laptop at 10 o'clock at night or you quickly do something before you go off to gym in the morning but I think that it's really always focusing on and and having the kind of the people helping me run the business properly and and educating my team and saying, guys, we're not just working on a campaign or we're not just working on building a website. It's part of the bigger bigger business. And this is where the business is going. And when you're working on managing your time and everything, understand where you kind of fit into the bigger chain. But yeah, kind of a mix where I'm consulting to clients, working with clients, going on a client lunch and then and then in between looking at the financials, looking at the resources, looking at the new (laughs) business. I I don't have a recipe for it. You kind of just get on with it and do it.
1: I think from an outsider looking in, that's what makes you an agency person. The fact and perhaps when you're in a more corporate role, only one or two of those things can be your responsibility. Whereas when you work in an agency, you have the opportunity to cover more different types of jobs within the business that you're working with. So I think that's what makes you an agency person.
0: Yeah,
1: I think so. So tell me a little bit more then, what what are some of the short-term and long-term goals for, for Stratitude? Let's start with the sh- short-term. And I'm interested in finding out a little bit about how you market yourselves as a business as well.
0: Well, yeah, so I think for the goals is that we... Kind of even coming through COVID and everything, that all all agencies and even the the smaller ones. I mean, we saw some big agencies closing down throughout COVID because they just started losing business. So, think so one of the proud ones is that we we keep the doors out coming out of COVID. We started. I mean, a lot of companies and and we felt it as well. We I think our retainer and our, our anchor client stayed with us, but kind of the smaller ones started dwindling a little bit, and we've built it up. So I think that twenty. 2021 was definitely a a build year for us. Leading into 22, 23 has just been an amazing year where we've won some really nice awards. My team is really solid. I think that we're offering great value. We've got some great anchor clients and then we have some nice project clients coming in that we're working with. But I think that a goal for 2024 is to really build, but it's also running the business more efficiently so we're trying to get closer to uh, maybe it's maybe you call it profitability but it's really our traffic management and how we work our hours how we manage our time how we manage our resources looking at that we don't we don't either not just overcommit, but when the new business Mm -hmm. comes in you can't just keep on hiring new more resources you need to really and it's a horrible word but you'll know that you need to switch your resources so Mm -hmm. you really need to push the team and say okay well let's work and it's not about overtime and having people working until 11 o'clock at night but it is saying that every hour that we have in the business are we using it as well and as productively as we can how can we work smarter when a brief comes in that brief needs to be on points because you don't want to get eight hours later creative has worked on a design and then you go oh no but you've missed something very important that was part of the brief so I think efficiencies is a big thing that we're driving in in 2024 and then and then also it's it's nice having anchor clients but it's also diversifying and looking at a a new business drive and again I'm looking at my aim and member agencies and saying okay what can we learn there i'm setting up meetings i'm saying guys how are you marketing yourselves what is working how are you driving it how are you pitching on your business how are you presenting yourselves so it's again using my my network as much as i can and just learning from what works for them and what doesn't work from them and then your last question was, how do we market ourselves? So we spend quite a lot of time so um, creating and, and crafting content. And what we do for our clients, we do for ourselves as well. So nice thought leadership pieces saying that we we really are the experts in the industry. So I will go to a conference in in Bangkok like you and I just did for Eamon. Come back and say, OK, what did we learn from it? Let's write an article. And we have something that we call COPE. So it's craft once, publish everywhere. And because as an integrated agency, it's quite a nice one for us because we can put an article, we craft an article, we put it on our website, it goes onto our blog. um, We atomize it and put little pieces of that on our social media pages. So you're linking back to that article. We write it as a press release it goes out to our marketing media and we get some nice coverage. It goes into a newsletter. So we really do kind of... uh, promote ourselves. And we've had some nice articles published. And uh, we have an annual publication called Brands and Branding in South Africa. I just had a a four-page thought leadership piece kind of published in there. So it really helps to differentiate ourselves. So we, as a smaller agency, I mean, we are competing with some big group and big agencies in South Africa, but we're right up there. So... We also work on putting ourselves out and saying, and I think reassuring our clients and saying, well, we are winning awards in the industry. And it's not just yep. to pat ourselves on the back, but to say that we're doing great campaigns and we're getting it right. And then, um, and then on the thought leadership side is really saying we are the experts at what we're doing. We really do understand digital marketing. We really do understand PR. We really do understand it. So it's just reinforcing that. And then from there, I'm picking up some very nice, some very nice leads.
1: Fantastic. Good. And long may it continue. I love that craft once, publish everywhere. We do a similar sort of thing. We call it our content zero strategy. So we'll come up with one key piece of content. And like you, we then look to chunk it up and, and optimize it for all the different channels that we work with. Same thing. What do you call name. it, Stephen? Content,
0: content zero. Content zero. Like I a ground
1: it. zero. So content yeah, zero. Yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. That is very cool. So, and it's also nice for us as the integrated agencies, because you own the story. So now you're not yep. working with a PR agency and working with this one and working with that one. So creates we've become storytellers, haven't we?
1: Absolutely. Well, I, I started my career, I say this a lot on this podcast, but I started out as a PR specialist back in 2000, 2001. Um, and that industry doesn't really exist anymore as it was then and yeah but those skills are still highly valuable in terms of storytelling in terms of content creation and cutting through the noise with with getting your message across so even though pr isn't what it was when i first graduated with a degree in public relations yeah. the skills are still important it's implying them in the right way and i think that's the same for agencies such as ours as well there's still an absolute requirement for the skills that we can offer and bring to bear for clients
0: I think it's a good, it's a very good point you're making there around PR because I also worked in in one of South Africa's biggest PR agencies for a good, I think it was about seven years. And one of the things that I found is that these agencies very much work in silos. So, and even, even while I was working there, PR, as we know it as a traditional press release and sending it out to the media yeah. and dealing with crisis comms and all of that, it evolved while I was there. But one of the things I found from working in silos is that if your PR agency is not working with your below the line or your digital agency and everyone's not working together. As an example, we had a... So t- as PR, because we kind of became the PR slash marketing activation agency because we started doing the event side was in it, and then we did so. At the time, it was the Cricket World Cup in South Africa. Did incredibly well, and one of our big banks was the the primary sponsor for the for the national cricket team, and we had a. Quite a big activation in some of the largest shopping centres around the country where we had this beautiful stand put up. And then we encouraged supporters to just come and write messages of support. We had these electronic boards up and they could write messages of support for the national team. And then all those messages of support were taken. They were published and they were put into a beautiful coffee table book. And it was handed over to the the cricket team to say good luck with the, the World Cup. But then at the time, what I realized is that we had on these stands to encourage people to come to the stands and and write their messages. There was also a competition running. And our banking client, I felt at the time, had such an amazing opportunity with this competition where people could enter an entry form. And they gave all their personal information. And these were, and we had big, I don't know if you know these big black rubbish bags. We had them, we just put these bags and bags of, and we had them stacked in our offices and it covered an entire wall. And I just looked at it and I said, there is data in those bags. And it's such an opportunity for our banking client to just send a thank you email and say, thank you for your message of support. By the way, this and this is what we offer, and because you love the cricket World Cup team, this is and start engaging with them. And if they're not a customer, you can start winning them over. And needless to say, those traffic, those rubbish bags, I think went straight to the dump, and they were never used. And that was one of the that was one (laughs) of the big frustrations where I said that sometimes they used to work in such silos, or you don't see the bigger opportunity and where you can just follow through to the next step and kind of in the our sales and marketing funnel is that sometimes you're working in the in awareness phase or the education phase or the conversion phase, but those are done in such silos that you're not seeing the bigger opportunity, pulling it the way through and you can sign up a a loyal customer at the end of it so i think yeah i think pr has definitely evolved but still great opportunities in pr from an events and even publicity i mean we're getting amazing publicity for our clients just from great thought leadership pieces but you have to be smart about your pr you can't just spray and pray anymore
1: no and i think one of the points that you made right at the start of the podcast when you talked about the beauty of being an integrated agency that kind of reflects the story or the situation that you just outlined as well. The fact that all of this amazing data that one element of the marketing strategy created almost sadly went to waste. Whereas now when you have this integrated structure, you can always bring it to bear. I remember sitting in my first couple of jobs, big agencies in London, going to the clients, headquarters and a huge boardroom and you'd have the PR team at one end, you'd have the advertising agency at one end, you'd have the the digital agency and everybody's competing to kind of be absolutely. the best solution for for what the client wanted to do whereas the fact that we now have these integrated models that you and I are part of is we can be that whole solution and we're not necessarily doing it for these huge big corporate clients but the the mid-sized clients or the owner managers there's absolutely crying out for that sort of service delivery and it's a huge opportunity and it's a huge bonus
0: yeah And we're faster, Stephen. I don't know about you, but as an agency, I mean, we it used to be a joke. We are sat in one of these big integrated meetings. So at the time, we only had the PR account for this client. And then all the different agencies were sitting there. And then there was in one of these sessions, and you know, it can be a boardroom full of 50 people. It's almost like you need to sit in an amphitheater style. But there was this amazing idea that someone had. And I got so excited. I said, oh, my gosh, I think... There's something here. And then the agency that had to run with it, they had a strategist and the strategist said, we need to percolate on this a little bit more. And I think the frustration it's so I felt was, so we need to speak. move, guys. Here is the <laughs> idea. Let's run with it. So I think that it it just makes us nimble. And I think you have the same at Brandigo, where it's just like, you guys can be nimble. You can be fast. You're not sitting with these big processes and a strategist who's trying to sound clever. And this one who's trying to impress the client, where let's just move and we're agile. And if something doesn't work, we change tactics. We try something new. So I think we have a nice real gap there in the market
1: And i think clients pick up on that as well you know that guy saying let's percolate on this that to me sounds like he's trying to position it so it makes sounds more like their idea and then they're going to yeah. run with it as opposed yeah. to an idea that came up with the group whereas it doesn't matter where the idea came from you show that enthusiasm for it, the client's going to pick up on that for sure yeah yeah
0: Absolutely. And I think the the other thing, and I mean, we we may be going off track here, but I think that as agencies, we've kind of made ourselves a lot more accountable. So we have, when when we're writing our strategies, we have something that we call a, a strategic placemat, which is really a summary of a one-page summary of what the entire strategy is. So it, it outlines kind of the strategic imperatives of what's the mission, the vision, the, the, the purpose, the value proposition, goes into objectives, target audiences, what are the messaging pillars, what's the campaign big idea, the channels, the tactics and everything. But we always end every strategy with what are the KPIs and how do we measure whether we're getting it right. And when we're writing our strategies, we, we really focus and we say, OK, well, from a marketing perspective, these are all the measure the measurements that we can do. So we can measure website traffic. We can look at social media engagement. When we have a direct mail going out, we can look at open rates, click rates, all those kind of things. From a PR side, we can look at the AVE and the, the PR value and everything. But then we also on a client's side, we say, guys, from the business, you need to what are the things that you can Report back on? And is it whether it's client retention, client acquisition, your contact center rates, your lead follow up rates, your satisfaction rates, those kind of things? Mm-hmm. And then when we're having conversations with those clients, it's a different level versus just saying, okay, well, here's the great creative and let's wow you with another TV ad. We have the conversations around, okay, well, let's look at the stats. Guys, we had so many inbound leads, so many people filled in a form on your website, so many this. Were they called within X amount of hours? What was the follow up? What's the quality of the lead? What's the this? So I think our conversations with clients have changed a lot as well. Where Traditionally, it used to be the, oh, let's come up with a great creative. We Now it's the, let's have the brand building, but the performance marketing
1: side as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that links on to my last question, I think. And that's been fantastic insight. So thank you for sharing all of that. Just now stepping back a little bit, thinking bigger picture, a little bit more broadly. What are some of your thoughts on the future of marketing in general? It can be specifically for the African region. You can think globally. But uh, this is the question that I ask everybody. And it, it could be a technological thing. It could be around innovation. Just share some of your thoughts.
0: There's a couple. I think that one of one of them is that I think that marketing is becoming more and more borderless. So, so there's no reason why an agency in South Africa can't service a, a client in Denmark who's got a market they're targeting in Kenya who is kind of working across the board. So I think that with, with time zones and, and maybe we need to thank COVID because we're all, we're all very comfortable with video calls and meetings and, and things like that. I mean, I have clients I haven't seen in three years and I've run some major campaigns for them and it's just from video calls and remotely working with them. So, so, where that has evolved a lot, and I think that it's been it's been in our favour. I think that there are opportunities in AI so t- we've had and you know that we've we've had when we had our, our conference in Bangkok we spoke across all our our member agencies about are the opportunities is it a threat to to marketing I think there are some huge opportunities there and I think it's bringing a lot of value to what we're offering but I think always remembering that it's the human the human intervention still needed so I don't think AI can interpret everything perfectly and
1: mm-hmm. I think
0: there was the one case study discussed about the a press release that was generated by AI I sent to the client and the client looked at it and said, oh, my gosh, this doesn't even make sense for us. And those are agencies who are just running it and you absolutely can't do it. We spoke about that a role in agencies might be an AI promptor because you you need to really put some intelligent things into into AI. Yeah. And then I think that, yeah, it's still focusing on on providing value to clients. I think that clients have become smarter, so they're not really wowed by the 50 people sitting in the boardroom and here's the this and here's the that. I think that they're really looking at the bottom line and where's the real value. And the clients that we work best with are are seeing that value. And it's not just in winning awards and those kind of things, but how do we measure it? What is working? It's the it's the strategic conversations we're having with them. So I think a lot of opportunities. I think that there's a we have a we have a great future ahead of us and I'm I'm very excited
1: about it. Me too. I said it was, I said you've got an infectious enthusiasm right at the start. And it's true. (laughs) Sylvia, that's been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with me today. Some great insight. I really appreciate the conversation. Just before we wrap things up, um, we will put links to all of your social media plus Stratitude social media in the show notes. Is there anything coming up that now's your opportunity to mention it? Any events or conferences or speaking opportunities that you'd like to flag up?
0: Uh, nothing really now. We have some great campaigns and things that we have in the pipeline for 2024. But as I said, it's now our festive wind down. So it's time to take some time out and regroup well and meet the next earned. year back, back with some new enthusiasm. Stephen, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been an absolute pleasure. At the beginning, I had no idea how we'll get through the time, but geez, I like chatting to you. So thank you. <laughs>
1: awesome. Thanks for that. Let's do it again in a in a year or so.
0: We will. Thanks, Stephen. Thank you for listening to the Radical Global Marketing Podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed making it. Join us next time for more insight, best practice case studies and shared experiences from some of the world's most radical global marketing
1: leaders.